from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, Cyber Gang. How's it going Tuesday, November 22nd, 2022? It's Thanksgiving week. A lot to be thankful for this week. I encourage everyone to take time and consider all the things you are thankful and grateful for in this um, on this very uh, special week here in the United States. Welcome to everyone this morning. We are live from the podcast studio and bunker. And yeah, it is, it is, it is also happy deer hunting season. Deer hunting season has officially kicked off. Um, for those of us that enjoy taking our favorite hunting rifle and heading out to the wilderness, um, now is the time to do that. Good morning, Anthony. Good morning, Justin. Hey, Scott, how's it going? And yes, happy Tuesday. Coffee from your desk. I've got my double espresso for this morning's show. I hope you all are ready because it's a packed show. Let's get right into it. Coffee cup cheers. We'll start with Microsoft releasing an out-of-band update after a security patch causes the Grebros, the Kreb Eros issues. So, sorry, I got to, like, you know, my, my talk too fast. So, um, the patch Tuesday update, which was released on November 8th, just merely uh, two weeks ago, addressed CVE 2022-379-66, which was a privilege escalation vulnerability affecting Windows servers. However, the vulnerability itself didn't really fix the whole issue. And so Microsoft acted quickly and a few days later provided mitigation. And then on the 17th, it released an out-of-band update to address the issue. There has not, this issue hasn't been exploited in the wild um, because it hasn't been publicly disclosed, but Microsoft assigned it an exploitation more likely rating, meaning you should probably get that patched um, as soon as you possibly can. Google is releasing 165 Yara rules to detect COBOL's stride attacks within your environment. And what I think is the collective of how threat actors use legitimate tools within the kill chain and within the um, attack chain on environments, this one's going to go, this is very, very operational for, for a lot of organizations. This is the one, two of operations. So the Google uh, cloud threat intelligence team has an open source Yara rule and a virus total collection of IOCs to help defenders detect cobalt strike components within their networks. Security team will also be able to identify cobalt strike versions deployed in the environment using these detection signatures. Remember, we talked about this on yesterday's show. If you didn't tune in to yesterday's show, talked about how cobalt strikes being used and what versions are likely to be uh, uh, malicious versions used by threat actors and what versions are legitimate. And so this really does kind of enhance that. The uh, open source release to the community of the, the Yara rules and their integration of virus total should help flag and identify Cobalt Strike components in their respective versions. Uh, this enables improved detection of malicious activity by targeting non-current Cobalt Strike releases, since it helps differentiate uh, easier between legitimate deployments and those controlled by threat actors. As Google explained, cracked and leaked releases of Cobalt Strike are in most cases at least one version behind, which allows the company to collect hundreds of stagers, templates, and beacon samples used in the wild to build a Yara-based detection rules with a high degree of accuracy. You can kind of see the global strike infrastructure map here. So this really does go a long way. And this is so easy um, to use. This is a great open source free tool to help strengthen your um, security uh, backbone and your security infrastructure. It's, it's a no-brainer. 
get this installed, get it to your red team, get it to your IR team, make sure they've got access to it so they can recognize it. California County says that personal information was compromised in the in a data breach. The county of Tehama, California, has started informing employees and recipients of services and affiliates that their personal information may have been compromised in a data breach that was identified on April 9th. The investigation stretched for a little over five months, five months, sorry, uh, to August 19th. It was determined that PII was compromised. The investigation revealed that an unauthorized third party had access to the county system between November 18th and April 9th, and that files on the county's Department of Social Services systems were accessed. Compromised information included names, addresses, birth dates, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, and details about the services that the impacted individuals had received from the SSD, the Social Services Department. The notification letter sent to impacted individual, a copy of which was submitted to the California AG's office. The county says it has not received reports of fraud related to the incident, but recommends the individuals remain vigilant. One key thing I always say, if your driver's license was compromised, go get a new one. Update your driver's license. Typically, that helps identify. Um, the Dixon ransomware gang steals 5 million Air Asia passengers and employee data. The cybercrime uh, group called Dixon Team has leaked sample data belonging to Air Asia, a Malaysian low-cost airline, on its data leak portal. The development comes a little over a week after the company fell victim to a ransomware attack on November 11th and 12th. Threat actors allegedly claim to have obtained the personal data associated with 5 million unique passengers and all of its employees. The samples uploaded to the leak site uh, reveal passenger information and booking IDs as well as personal data to, related to the company staff. The spokesperson for the group said that further attacks were not pursued owing to AirAsia's poor security measures and the chaotic organization of the network. Uh, these guys have been a subject of an advisory by uh, CISA and other intel agency, uh, being that they essentially said that they target healthcare sectors here. They went after Air Asia. Uh, Air Asia has not responded to the data leak as of yet. Microsoft is warning of a rise in stolen clown tokens used to bypass MFA. This kind of goes back to my conversations over the last two years with Roger Grimes. We've constantly talked about multi-factor authentication multiple times over. And everyone seems to think that MFA is the end-all be-all. It's a step, and it's another step, and it requires constantly being hardened in order to really be effective. Microsoft is now warning, and, and the Microsoft Detection and Response team, that is, that token theft for MFA bypass is particularly dangerous because it requires little technical experience to pull off. It's tough to detect, and most organizations haven't considered token theft as part of their incident response plan. And as employees increasingly access systems through personal devices, where security controls are essentially weaker and malicious activities hidden from the security team's view, this can create a significant risk for organizations. As far as mitigation goes, publicly available open source tools for exploiting token theft already exist, and commodity credential theft malware has already been adapted to include this technique in their arsenal. So here's a few things around this story. One, if you're, if you, if you're in security, and people are using their personal devices, and you're not giving them a EDR or MDR solution, you're intentionally overlooking this. Number two, every device that should have access to your environment should be either, you know, if you're using Azure AD or if you're using AD, should be AD joined or AD registered. You should have visibility into the device. You should ensure that if you're logging in from a device that's not recognized, meaning one that isn't part of the 
um, one that isn't part of the whole, your entire device ecosystem, then you want to make sure that that specific device requires a new token every time, re-authenticate. It's annoying. Yes, it's not the best solution, but it's one that'll help mitigate some of these risks associated with token theft. So keep that in mind. And our final story of the day, two Estonians have been arrested for running a $575 million crypto Ponzi scheme after FTX. Here comes this one. So the two Estonian nationals were arrested in Estonia after being indicted in the U.S. for running a massive cryptocurrency scheme led to more than $575 million in losses. The defendants, uh, 37-year-olds Sergei uh, Potapenko and Ivan are accused of defrauding hundreds of thousands of victims together with December of 2013 and August of 2019. They allegedly funneled victims' funds through a complex networks of shell companies, bank accounts, virtual asset services, and cryptocurrency wallets designed to help them launder the illicit funds. They started in 2013. They ran a company named HashiCoins that imported and assembled other companies' crypto mining hardware instead of manufacturing its own. After failing to deliver equipment paid in advance and to avoid refunding payments, the defendant tricked customers that already paid for mining hardware signing up for remote mining contracts through a new cryptocurrency mining service they called Hashflare. Those who agreed to the scheme were promised to receive rights under mining contracts, entitling the customer to a percentage of profits from the pooled mining remote resources. Instead, they operated Hashflare as a massive Ponzi scheme where the currency returns and balances were fraudulent, uh, essentially FTX. And here's the challenge with everything we're seeing here, kind of similar to FTX, maybe not so much. I mean, they, they kind of... Um, did this, but for, for those of us that are crypto fans that, that, that enjoy crypto, um, that believe in crypto, this is going to be used as kind of a way to target um, crypto altogether and say it's not safe and reduce confidence in it. Anytime there's new tech, anytime there's something new, there's bad people who do bad things. That doesn't uh, uh, make the whole ecosystem bad. Having government run it is no different than having a bunch of intermediaries like we have today in financial in finance where people want to get that change as well. So that's just something to consider. Folks, that's it for our show this morning. We'll be back with a whole lot more tomorrow as we wrap up this week ahead of the Thanksgiving holiday. I wish you all a great rest of your day. And most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.